This episode of the Tech Money Podcast is sponsored by Capital Area Tax Consultants. Capital Area Tax Consultants is a virtual tax and accounting firm that specializes in helping high net worth individuals navigate the complexities of the tax code. While our team of tax pros are well-versed in all things tax, our areas of expertise include rental real estate and equity compensation. With our comprehensive tax planning services, our one goal is to help clients maximize savings and minimize their tax liability each year. At Capital Area Tax Consultants, we believe in pricing transparency and flat fees. Before engaging with us, you'll receive an upfront quote in black and white with a description of any services to be performed. This way, there are no hidden surprises. So don't wait. Reach out to us today to experience a better approach to taxes at www.capgllc.com. Again, that web address is www.capgllc.com. Welcome to the Tech Money Podcast, where the worlds of technology and personal finance collide. Hosted by certified financial planner, speaker, blogger, and self-proclaimed personal finance nerd, Malcolm Etheridge. Each episode aims to make you just a little bit smarter about your money, all from the perspective of the tech professional. Without further delay, here's your host. Hey there, listeners. Malcolm here. And on today's show, we're talking about travel. More specifically, we're talking about ways to find and book dream vacations without breaking the bank. If there's one thing we all have in common, regardless of age, gender, profession, or socioeconomic status, it's that we love a good deal. And one thing many of us love to be able to say that we got a good deal on is travel. In fact, many of us love to brag about the deal we received on the trip almost as much as we love to brag about the trip itself. I won't mention which one of my brunch friends I'm referring to specifically, but just suffice it to say they exist. But for those of us who are not travel writers or maybe even a travel influencer on on the TikTok, knowing where to look for those deals or even how to know whether what you found after countless Google searches and Expedia offers is even a deal may feel just as exhausting as purchasing each ticket and or activity individually. So today we'll be talking about a better solution. My guest, Alex Simon, is the CEO and co-founder of Allude, a budget-first search engine that allows users to type in their ideal price range and see all the places they can explore across the globe in seconds. Prior to Allude, Alex spent time as a global business manager on the reporting and analytics team at Morgan Stanley and a business manager on the fixed income and debt operations team at Deutsche Bank. Alex is also a fellow of the Cairo Society, which unites the next generation of entrepreneurs with leading innovators and has been endorsed by international leaders, including Bill Gates, Richard Branson and Tim Draper. So with that brief introduction, welcome Alex Simon to the Tech Money Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to jumping in. Yeah. And I breezed through your resume pretty quickly in my intro there. What else should I have included? Yeah, the only thing that I'd say that definitely sets me apart, I guess, is uh, I've been to a little over 30 countries now to date. Hmm. Um, huge, huge traveler. Again, building a business in travel, I think it comes with the territory. But you know, outside of the banking days and kind of starting things up in, in terms of allude, definitely when it comes to my resume, I always like to give a little bit more context into where I've been and, and some of those locations. Yeah. And from what I understand, you founded or co-founded Allude as sort of a passion project with one of your college roommates. Is that right? 
So spot on. Um, actually, one of my, so my co-founder Frankie, me and him actually went to the same university over in Ryder, Central Jersey. Mm-hmm. And um, after college, we actually lived together for quite some bit. And this was definitely our passion project from the start. It was one of those things where we were always trying to figure out where we could go next. You know, we had let's say a thousand or two thousand dollars at the time, trying to figure out what we could afford in the travel space. Um, really didn't care about the destination per se that we were traveling to. It was just more about getting out and and doing something. And so it allude really stemmed from our own personal problem of saying, hold on, I know what what's in my bank account here. I know how much I I can spend, but what could I actually get in terms of the travel landscape, and and where could I actually afford to get to? That was kind of the big open question. I'm gonna date myself slightly here, <laughs> but it's funny because as you say that. Groupon was kind of that thing for me back in its heyday, right? At the time when I was like coming out of uh, college, it was like, let me go see what Groupon deals are available right now that are in this price range and then convince two or three of my friends to also buy the same Groupon deal so that we can go to this place that we can spend three days in the Caribbean somewhere for like $15 or, you know, whatever it actually was. And that's essentially what I hear you describing just for presumably a different generation of travelers. That's exactly it. And I think also too, when it comes to travel, travels is inherently something that we like to call it, like people do this in the shadows, right? So mm-hmm. you're you're buying your flight or you're buying your hotel, basically just by yourself or with your significant other or with friends, but there's not really that, that marketplace or really transparency of where people could actually go for just a specific price. And so I think what we're definitely instilling in a lot of our users and travelers is um, really just the flexibility and the inspiration, right? They're, they're just simply unaware of how far they could actually go because it takes, as you put it earlier, you know, hours upon days really mm-hmm. to, to kind of back yourself into some of these trips. So what was it about the travel industry? I get that there's a passion for it. I can obviously hear it in your voice as you're even describing those those earlier days. But what was it about the travel industry that made you guys decide this was the problem you needed to go solve, right? Because, you know, you've got a background in finance at the time and your co-founder, Frankie, has more the technical background and is working for Google, I believe. Uh, So nothing there would say that travel is the obvious choice for two guys looking for an industry to go and try and disrupt. So so just for some some context, there's actually three co-founders. Okay. Frankie and Yvonne. Yvonne was the individual over at, at Google. And definitely when it comes to everything tech, he he's a monster. He's a killer. He's great. Frankie, on the other hand, he's much more on the marketing side and, and has been able to kind of help start early stage when, when we were kind of living together and, and kicking things off. But when it comes to just like travel in general, I think all three of us share the same passion that travel has inherently changed us as humans. Me personally, going in and seeing different cultures and experiencing different foods, that really kind of helped me change that I don't live in, let's say, my New Jersey or New York bubble. Mm-hmm. And that there's another world outside of that. And again, kind of experiencing just uh, different cool uh, you know, places to visit or, or people to see. I think travel for me was always kind of that passion. And when it came to Elude, it was really kind of this match made in heaven where for us, it really was a, a really good kind of aspect to show not only can we get ourselves into you know, creating a business from nothing, but get it into a, a point where you know, we're all very passionate about it. Well, when did it become you know, more obvious to you guys that Elude was no longer just a passion project, as I called it, or maybe a side hustle, or as some would say, uh, when was it clear that this was a real business that needed to be taken seriously? 
Yeah, great question. So early on, when we were first starting this out, we really, really just had, I like to call it like we were glorified travel agents, right? Where we would have like an email format where somebody would come to us, tell us what their budget was. And then, you know, we would kind of hand select anywhere between five to 10 different cities and kind of send them to them through email. And it was very kind of hacky, right? And in those early stages, it was really just to prove out, are people genuinely interested in this idea, right? It didn't need to work a hundred percent and it didn't need to work every Every single time that somebody did a search, but the, the concept behind Allude, which was budget-based travel, you know, we were basically proving, is this a business that, that is going to be viable? And when we first started, uh, we got literally thousands of searches within the first few months of us, you know, opening up or, you know, creating basically those, those first websites. And that was kind of our biggest indicator where we realized very quickly that we needed to scale this into kind of a venture-backed business. And sure. again, um, travel in general becomes very, uh, uh, very, how do I put this? Expensive, right? Like, you know, you have these big, massive players who own 90% of the, the market. Um, so it's not an easy feat to just jump in with two guys that have somewhat good idea. You need to really kind of build and bake out the business. Well, let's go back there for a second. What is the, what is happening in life? What is your world like in the moment where, you know, the business is kind of beckoning you for lack of a better way to frame it. And you guys all have full-time jobs at some, in some very demanding professions too, right? It's not like you work 20, 30 hours uh, a week and you got all this free time that you can kind of play around with. Like your main gig, I would presume is nine to five plus the five to nine. So like, what is your world like in that moment where it now becomes obvious to you that this business, you know, requires a little bit more attention if you're going to actually get to see it through. Like, take so, us back to that point for you. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you bringing me back to those early days. So so actually with with a lot of that, actually, with banking, I was working close to like, you know, four o'clock in the morning till maybe eight, nine o'clock PM. And wow. anytime that I, yeah, so it was, it was definitely far, far surpassed kind of the typical, you know, 50 or 40, 60 hours a week. But in my particular case, the train rides going to and from um, the city is when I would actually hold calls with, uh, at the time it was an outsourced development team. And or, again, it was kind of just creating the bare bones of the tech that we've actually built. Mm -hmm. um, but in those early days, Having that balance to your point of you know working corporate and you know making a, a basically a um, you know a salary job versus kind of this exploration of really starting something from almost nothing right like it was genuinely an idea that turned into a business very quickly and I think in those early days what we recognized was that the demand was definitely there we had interest from customers um, and it was it really just took kind of our commitment of jumping full into this full time and and basically backing away from any corporate responsibilities and, and kind of proving to not only investors but to ourselves that we could actually do this so what was the piece that you looked at and said you know this is different because you mentioned 90% or more of the travel space is owned and i mean literally owned by yeah. a handful of really dominant players so where did you guys initially see is like this is the place we can carve out our little space our little spot that we don't have to worry about suddenly one day we look up and you know google has added a new feature a kayak has added a new feature or whatever that's yeah. now kind of eating away at the the small market we had identified and started to carve out for ourselves yeah, great question. So in our case, and especially with Allude, what we've pioneered at this particular point is 
budget first travel, meaning mm. that somebody can just come to us with their budget. And then we basically handle everything else, flight plus hotel based off of that budget to this day. And again, we've been at this for a handful of years and kind of scaled our tech and automated everything in between. But right now we are the only service that allows you to do something like that flight plus hotel based off of your budget. Um, there's a few other kind of like I would call them like much larger companies that have dabbled into kind of this spontaneous or inspiration space, but typically it's on a flight only, or again, kind of backing themselves only for hotels and specific destinations. For us, we're really more towards the, I would call it the budget conscious, but again, individuals that are more spontaneous and, and looking for inspiration when it comes to destinations. That's, that's definitely our niche um, and, and kind of how we've been performing. So I'll, I just realized like we keep talking about Allude as this a thing that we assume everybody's familiar with, but I didn't do a great job of introducing it into the conversation just yet. So let's talk about Allude specifically uh, a little bit more for a second. I know you recently launched uh, the app, but what is it? Like, what does it do? Who's it for? Kind of give me that rundown. Sure. So at high level, Allude is budget-based travel. What we allow users to do is search travel options. That's flight plus hotel based mm-hmm. only on their budget. So I like to always give the example of saying, if you have a thousand dollars and next weekend, you know, you right now you can't go anywhere and basically say, Hey, look, this is what I'm looking to spend kind of mm-hmm. showcase to me the different travel options that I can go to. And these are destinations across all, the entire world, both international and domestic. Um, and so the way that it's positioned right now is we launched our iOS last year. So on the app store back in August, and then more recently, we actually just launched our web platform, which you're able to search and discover and book directly through the web as well. That was uh, launched this past month. And what we're starting to see is the the consumers really that, that are flocking to this is that inspiration kind of driven, I would call them like budget conscious individuals that are just looking to see what what their time and money actually affords them in the travel space. And what we like to also say is we're very much, uh, I would call it kind of custom made or bespoke to travel trips. And so what that really means is that once you actually put in your budget and the dates that you're able to try, that you're able to fly, what we do is we kind of hand select anywhere between 10 to 15, in some cases, even 20 plus cities mm-hmm. um, that have this kind of curated feel to it, right? So these are all pre-vetted by Allude members. And the same thing also goes with our hotels. These are all fully customizable and curated, meaning that we in internal at Allude have kind of created each specific hotel that we would actually want to stay in as well. So these are, you know, three, four, in some cases, even five-star hotels in, you know, destinations across the entire world. So that's kind of Allude in a nutshell. What's interesting is that you guys decided to go the budget direction, which, you know, speaks very loudly to cheap people like me. And I know that's not necessarily the way you want to frame it to your clientele, but I don't mind people calling me cheap. But like the Instagram effect is usually the opposite, right? It's it's where can I travel that's going to get me the most oohs and ahs, right? And it's however much, you know, it actually costs. I got to go there to be able to show people that I went there. And you guys are kind of taking the approach that like, yes, you can also go there, but let me help you get there for cheaper than you booking it and creating it yourself. Am I, am I getting that right? You're definitely getting that right. The, the other thing that I would like to add on that actually is that a lot of people genuinely don't realize where they could go based off of the budget. So for instance, mm. if you've been to, let's say Florida 13 times or San Francisco five times, right? 
typically, typically, and specifically the demographic that we're going after, which I feel like is you're speaking to me specifically with those yeah, places, but. right? Uh, <laughs> but like specifically, people would go to these destinations four or five, maybe six times in a row, right? And they're not actually realizing that for that same cost of going to, let's say, Florida from, you know, someplace in the US, you can actually get to Barcelona for the same cost, or you can get to Paris. Um, Mm. Some of these dream destinations that people kind of think are a little bit out of reach. Um, And so what I always like to say is like, yes, you know, there's definitely, um, quote unquote, kind of cheap aspect to what we're providing, but I would really kind of, I would put it more towards like, budget conscious and individuals that are looking to maximize their, you know, their experience really, right? So it's like, how far can your dollar take you type of approach? Yeah, I'm glad you reframed it, actually, because what you've made me realize is you're also catering to people who I won't necessarily say lazy because I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like less creative people like myself when it comes to vacationing. My wife obviously would call me lazy and I'll say I'm less creative, but like I would say let's go to Miami that I know like the back of my hand and and I can put that trip together in five seconds just because I just want to get it booked and move on to the next thing. And so this caters to people like that too, who maybe they're just busy, right? Like you can afford to go to some really nice places, but you're just busy or you're mentally lazy or whatever it is. Like you're just saying, I don't have the time and attention it takes to actually curate a quality trip to somewhere like Barcelona or Paris. So so, now this service exists that can do it for me. Totally. And what I love to actually mention, um, whether it be to investors or to um, to our customers, it's like we're the cool kids in high school that do the homework for you and allow us to give you the credit. (laughs) That's what we do on a day to day basis is we're doing the hundreds of thousands, if not, you know, million plus type of searches in terms of where you could actually afford to get to and um, kind of backing yourself in flight plus hotel and creating that package. But at the end of the day, you're the one getting the credit for it, right? So you can go to your significant other, your friends and say, holy crap, you know, I just found this great trip to Barcelona, for example. You're helping Um, Exactly. Husbands like me not show up and say, we're going to go to our our usual hotel and, and yeah, got it. Okay. I didn't really see it that way. Initially. I was like, this is for Gen Zers who really want to, you know, vacation on the cheap because that's presumably who has traditionally fewer dollars to spend on travel. But no, I'm getting the sense now that like, no, this is a a little bit more about helping you shine. Like you said, yes. uh, without you having to be the the one to do it, to know the, the things. And just something also to mention when it comes to the hotels and, you know, kind of the curation that goes into that, like we actually don't allow uh, anything less than three stars on the platform in terms Hmm. of being able to kind of position that for the user. So you won't find yourself into like a hostile situation or, Mm -hmm. or those type of kind of like traditionally budget or cheap conscious aspects. Um, In our particular case, it's much more focused on, as I said before, like maximizing your dollar and seeing, you know, okay, great for, you know, a three-day trip versus a five-day trip. What is that going to, what's that going to kind of afford to get you? So, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you guys are really leaning into that uh, expertise in search, right? Um, That at least one of your co-founders developed prior to you guys deciding that this was the direction to go? Because it sounds like it's also more about knowing where to draw the information from on the internet more than it is you kind of cooking up the deals directly with, you know, the flight providers or the hotels or those sorts of things. It's really just you knowing where to go look by developing the AI, I assume, that does the, the majority of the work that can go search for you versus me having to go to page 14 on Google mm-hmm. and page 42 on Bing to try and pull this thing together myself. 
Exactly. So I, I, I'd like to call attention, like in the early days, a lot of the assumptions that went into how we package trips more manually mm-hmm. has definitely um, basically filtered into the way that we do searches right now automatically. Now, mind you, going from manual to automation was also a, a large feat for us. So, you know, tapping into the large, they're called GDSs, global distribution systems, which house the flight and the hotel data. Those are, again, not no easy task, but these companies have been around for 20, 30 years. And that's where most of the information that you're able to, to your point, like, you know, page 14 or page 500 on these sites, you need to have that information in order to make assumptions and, and start kind of packaging up these trips. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've definitely seen the progression from the actual app and business from, you know, early stage, which was the manual, let's kind of like create bespoke trips to individuals to, okay, now somebody can jump in here and literally within a matter of seconds, see, you know, 10 to 15 locations that they could afford to get to. So I'm going to pivot a little bit and talk a little bit more about the business because you mentioned you guys launched last summer, which puts you square, you know, in the middle of the the pandemic. But really, like you launched your formal launch, I guess I should say, right as countries around the world are beginning to lift travel restrictions and people are beginning to move around a bit more. Uh, Would you consider that part of the decision making as far as deciding to go for it when you guys did? Or was it always sort of your plan and COVID just happened to coincide with your expected launch window? It was definitely a yin and yang. I mean, it wasn't the the reason behind the launch was that the product was at the point of getting ready to be able to start testing from real users, right? We we did kind of like a few months of testing just internal to make certain that all of the pipes were working properly, and um, you know somebody can search and book and go through it throughout the process. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this: it did kind of coincide with a the demand. So I, as soon as places were a little bit more open to travel, again, I think like last year back in. August, it was much more domestic focused. People were looking to kind of get to the next state or the next few states over. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely were heavy. I would say 80% of our destinations were domestic in the US. Whereas over time, since then, right, clearly individual uh, locations have started to open up. International travel is back and booming. People are, you know, excited to get out and go and 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 actually travel again. And so that's kind of switched as we continue to progress. Now it's, you know, I'd call it maybe like 50-50, both international trips as well as domestic, but it did very much work in our benefit that, you know, people were looking for kind of a a way out of their four walls, right. That Mm -hmm. they were, uh, that they were in during COVID. And it just so happened that, you know, seeing different destinations and and trying to kind of see where, where they can go, inspire them to to actually do that. Well, so in the early days of COVID, you know, second half of 2020, especially the beginning of 2021, like you're talking about, folks are staying closer to home, traveling to places within driving distance rather than hopping on a plane. What travel trends are you noticing taking shape these days? Yeah. So I think what we've started to see is that people are extending their trips a little bit longer than what they've traditionally done in the past. Hmm. So what we found traditionally is like early on, even like, let's date this back a few years, right? People would take maybe one large vacation throughout the their year, mm-hmm. which was like about a week, maybe a week and a half at best. And then they would do like, you know, small weekend trips, three or four days here and there. What we're starting to see is a definitely an increase in those small weekend trips. I mean, that that's become very apparent. People are looking to extend like a Thursday, Friday, take off of work and, you know, take a five day trip. But what we're also starting to see is that people are actually taking like 
a week to two, in some cases, three plus weeks off hmm. um, and going exploring different destinations, especially as remote work starts to become you know, much more prevalent and, and acceptable. They can actually work while they're in, let's say, Barcelona for three or four days or Paris for a handful. And so those trips are actually becoming longer and a little bit more flexibility in terms of the actual dates that people are traveling. So the final thing I'll mention is typically, again, what we found is in the past, a lot of people take those, as I said, like Thursday, Fridays off, and it, they extend the long weekend. Now, because of remote work, people are leaving on a Monday or a Tuesday, and it's mostly because of the, the flight prices or just the you know the flexibility that they might have, so that they're not beholden to just kind of you know flying on a on a Thursday or Friday as as they're taking off. When you first started talking, I was a little bit encouraged. I thought you were going to say we Americans are finally starting to see the value of time off, and we're actually taking. <laughs> more days off and following like European and Latin American countries where like vacation is almost mandatory. Um, yes. But basically what you're telling me is, yes, we still take our usual one big vacation a year, but we've also figured out a way to incorporate better, more attractive places to work from uh, is, is really the reality then. Exactly. And I, I would definitely not say that, you know, us Americans are at the point of like the European mindset at all yet. But I think actually this is this actually dates back to like us starting a from the from from the early days is that, you know, we we you know myself and our my co-founders included you know we were born with kind of the european mindset when it comes to mm -hmm. travel any time that we had off we were looking to get someplace else mm -hmm. um, not all americans or most americans don't think like that and i think with a, a platform like elude our goal is actually to kind of change the mindset the way that people view travel right so instead of spending let's call it like a few hundred dollars on your groceries for the weekend right going to a, a, a new destination might sound more attractive and it, and it and actually does sound more attractive to a lot of our current clientele um, which is like the millennials and up instead of doing those type of things that they've traditionally done in the past doing something a bit unique or different kind of showcasing that yeah i love the idea i mean honestly if i was 22 23 fresh out of college and knew that i could travel somewhere interesting for less than 500 bucks and not have to sleep in a hostel which was yep. my concern I would have been more, maybe more likely to actually do it. I am that American that we're referring to that like vacation is kind of like very low on that list of. Do you, uh, do you happen to have a passport? I do. Yeah. Okay, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I love the fact that my, well, pre COVID, my blue passport got me to just about anywhere I wanted to go to yep. and back home safely without any, any hiccups. But I also, you know, have not filled an entire passport with stamps like some folks who are, uh, I'm 34. Some folks who are 34 have filled two passports with stamps at this point and they're like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so I, I don't have that travel bug the way some people do, but I will say if I had known that I could travel to some of these destinations we're talking about for like 500 bucks, you're right. That's a couple of days you don't go eat, you know, brunch and then go to whatever, yep. you know, a concert it is and you're there. And exactly. I definitely would have been willing to make that quote unquote sacrifice, but Sticking with the script a little bit here, do you have any insight into how much like inflation has impacted people's willingness and ability to travel? Speaking of, you know, low cost, I know it hasn't killed travel completely, but are more people looking to travel on a budget than usual? Or is it sort of the same numbers as, say, six ish months ago? 
Yeah, I'd say it's a little bit different. So I think back then we were seeing like on average, the search was around 2000, in some cases, 2,500 US dollars for, you know, an average trip. Mm -hmm. Uh, That that price has probably been a little bit on the lower end. So like 1500 to 1750 is kind of the average that we've been seeing these last few months. And Mm -hmm. um, is that a direct impact due to inflation? It's probably a combination of, you know, A, just, you know, the, the, the amount of money that they have being able to actually allocate. And then, B, I think people are also feeling the hurt, I think, when it comes to inflation and, and seeing what that might look like. And then the final thing actually is flight prices in general due to inflation and gas prices right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've definitely seen take an impact to that. So, you know, what the trip that you could maybe afford, you know, six months ago is either in some cases double or, you know, at least like, you know, three fourths more than what it traditionally was just due to, you know, flight pricing. And so hopefully that's going to start to, to take a little bit of a break as, as things open back up. But um, that's definitely been an impact similar to inflation. Yeah, I can imagine. So getting back to the business side of it for a second on a uh, unrelated note, in an interview I read doing a little bit of prep for this interview, you did an interview last year that I came across and you spoke about entrepreneurs needing to put uh, put themselves out there and go for it is the way that you framed it. And I think the context you you were discussing it in was related to landing the perfect right advisor or a board member for your startup. But what advice would you have for fellow founders or soon to be founders, maybe listening to this, who are working through some of the same challenges we've identified you guys had in those earlier days and that you've experienced yourself? Yeah, so that's a great, great question. I think what I'm recognizing now more than ever is that you really need to listen to your customer. And in the early days, it's very difficult because you probably don't have a lot of customers or you just have a handful and not many of them want to speak, mm-hmm. right? But as you as you become a little bit more mature and kind of you know grow the business and actually have customers, you want to start basically putting your ear to the ground and start learning what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, things that you can improve on and kind of be the conduit to the rest of your team. So in in my particular case, you know, as a founder, you have the obligation to make the, the product be as perfect as possible. Now, mind you, we all recognize that starting something from nothing, you know, it's not going to be perfect overnight, but you won't be able to close those loops of, you know, wh- how, how the product could be a little bit better, just like, you know, 1%, right? And if you continue to go down the route of speaking with customers and, and learning more of those insights, I think what's interesting is that you'll start to kind of piece together together that full circle and really make the product shine a little bit more. Hmm. Um, and I'd say the the opposite side, when I was mentioning, I think over a year ago, when it comes to the advisors, is like, have a great group of individuals that have done this before. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to be in travel, right? It could just be in general startups or, you know, consumer-based products or whatever, whatever, you know, their expertise is, but also lean on them, right? Because, you know, you might be as a founder doing this for the first time, but, you know, having the insights and some of the wherewithal to of how you should conduct or how you could reach out to uh, customers and, and, you know, how that, that engagement or that process is, it becomes very helpful as kind of like another toolkit for yourself. The way you started that, I was reminded of a podcast episode I listened to years ago with Brian Chesky, the uh, CEO of Airbnb, where somebody asked him a similar question and he said the best advice they got from one of their earliest VCs was to go and do the things that don't scale while you're small so that you can actually get that data and get that intel now while you can. So they actually were going and like flying from San Francisco to New York to meet with folks, property owners 
yep. who were listing on the site to interview them personally so that they could take that data back with them and apply it, you know, once they got to a point that they were significantly larger. And I got a little bit of that in the 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 answer, the point that you were making. Uh, that's actually that's the goal. I think, again, like our, our main mission, I'd say, behind Allude is to really change. As I alluded to this beforehand, but to change the mindset when it comes to travel. Why go to def, why go to destinations that you've been to two, three, or five times, right? Like go to new destinations, explore different places. Um, and I think by creating that kind of atmosphere where people feel that their feedback actually is welcomed and that it actually is being implemented, those are where you get really great users and great travelers, right? And uh, that that feel kind of connected more towards the brand. Okay, okay, I'll try somewhere new. I, uh... <laughs> No, I, I, I hear you loud and clear. But so so my last question uh, actually has absolutely nothing to do with Allude. At least I would assume it doesn't. So you can kind of sit back in your seat and, and Oof, rest okay, your shoulders good. a little bit. <laughs> but let's say for a moment, if you can even imagine this, you never found your passion, tra- your passion for travel. So you had to find a different way to occupy your days. But money wasn't a factor in your decision making at all. What do you think you'd be doing right now? Great question. So I have a genuine interest in psychology. It's not something that I studied at all in in college. Um, it's not something that I've you know put really time or any effort into. But I I have a genuine curiosity when it comes to psych psychology and kind of the way that the brain works and how humans in general kind of interact with one another. And so I'd probably find myself in the in that type of world where whether it's research and development or again a little bit more in terms of kind of the brain aspect. I'm I'm very um, interested in that. And also just to note about three or four months ago I actually had brain surgery. I had wow. an aneurysm. And so even more so now, do I have interest in kind of learning the developments and impacts that that might have long-term as well as short-term? And so if it wasn't travel, I'd, I'd definitely say it's probably going to be psychology. Um, but I, I, when I say like, I haven't really dabbled into that space just yet, like mm-hmm. um, it's definitely something that I'm interested in learning. Awesome. Well, on that note, Eric with an A, why don't you go ahead and close this out, sir? Malcolm, thank you so much. And I got to, I got to be honest, Al, here's, here's something that happens during these podcasts. Malcolm does the entire interview and I sit here and I get to play with the app. So I jumped on, I downloaded the app, jumped on it. I'm blown away. I mean, this is, this is fun. I mean, it's fun to, to be able to put the, you know, just my budget in my wife and I, and just what is it going to show us? And, and her and I are adventurous. So we're the ones that will be like, all right, let's put in this budget and just pick one of whatever comes up and just go. So thank you so much for this because I've never seen anything like it. Appreciate it. Let me know if there's uh, if there's like that aha moment when it comes to travels that uh, that you find. All right, I definitely will. Uh, so thank you so much for being on the show and sharing this with the entire audience, Malcolm. Of course, thank you, sir, for facilitating this, bringing another excellent guest onto the show. And our last thank you always goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Tech Money Podcast with Malcolm Etheridge. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Malcolm comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. We humbly ask that you share the podcast and leave a review, as this does help others find the show. And you can connect with Malcolm on social at Malcolm on Money. We'd love to hear from you and answer any questions you have. And you can do so by emailing them to podcast at tech-money.com. Thanks again for listening today. For everyone at Tech Money, our hope is that this show helped make you a little smarter about your money. This has been the Tech Money Podcast. For more information on today's topic, 
to review the show notes or to catch up on past episodes, be sure to check out malcolmetheridge.com slash podcast. And if you have an idea for a show topic that you'd like us to cover or you want to send us feedback, the web address again is malcolmetheridge.com. You can also find Malcolm across all social media platforms at Malcolm on Money. This episode was written and created by Malcolm Etheridge with the production, the editing and sound controls powered by Proudmouth. This has been a Malcolm on Money original. Thank you for listening. The information shared in this recording and by its guests represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not represent the views or opinions of the host. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not, nor is it intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. It is always recommended that you seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your personal financial situation. This episode of the Tech Money Podcast is sponsored by Capital Area Tax Consultants. Capital Area Tax Consultants is a virtual tax and accounting firm that specializes in helping high net worth individuals navigate the complexities of the tax code. With our comprehensive tax planning services, our one goal is to help clients maximize savings and minimize their tax liability each year. Our team of certified public accountants and enrolled agents is well-versed in the latest tax laws, ensuring that you capitalize on every opportunity for strategic tax optimization. We anticipate changes and keep you up to date on opportunities to potentially reduce your tax bill in the future. With a focus on precision and strategic planning, we are your trusted partner both during tax season and throughout the year. So don't wait. Reach out to us today to experience a better approach to taxes at www.capgllc.com. Again, that web address is www.capgllc.com. Um...